when we're in that place where we don't know what to do, that you will speak to us. You said your sheep hear your voice. So today in this place, Lord, we come, we adore you, we worship you, and we yield this morning our hearts and our minds, and we give them to you, Jesus. Speak to us, just like you did on that mountaintop to Peter, and you appeared and manifested all your glory before Peter and Jesus. Lord, we thank you today in this place. You will manifest your glory for whatever the need, whatever the need in this house today. No one will leave here without what they need for this moment to do what they need to do. And we thank you for it. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We'll give God praise this morning. He is worthy. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Great job. Uh, We're going to make our confession, and we're going to begin today the second part of a series, Yes and Amen. Everybody say, Yes and Amen. amen. Last week we sang, or a couple of weeks ago, we sang that song by Hillsong called Yes and Amen. And I uh, danced so much and wore myself out, I could hardly preach. I didn't have any air left. (laughs) So we changed the song to a slower one this week. But, uh, you know, God's promises are yes and amen. But we have to believe. Everybody say, you have to believe. So let's make this confession. It's on the screen. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's so simple. So simple. Well, today um, we're going to be sharing on I will always be for you. Uh, That's a promise of God. And uh, two weeks ago we shared on I will always be with you. And you know when you're um, preaching things and then that week you need to use them, it's really important that you preached it. Because, uh, you know, anytime you share the word of God, God is actually speaking to the person who's sharing the word before he speaks to you. And so we take in that word that God gives us and uh, use it in our lives. And then we come and we feed the sheep or the people of God, the same word that we heard. And when I heard a couple of, well, it was actually in uh, November to preach this, this time in December on all of the promises. Everybody say all the promises. And it's in 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes and in Christ, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So there's always that voice on the inside that's speaking to us that the word of God is truth. There's lots of voices. How many of you hear lots of voices in your week? I hear lots of voices, but the voice that we obey and the voice that we follow is the voice of God because God has made promises. Would y'all say promises? You know, in our world today, promises may not mean as much as they used to, but I remember in the day when my, I was growing up a handshake between my parents and somebody else was a commitment a promise Uh, today you know people make promises and then if circumstances arise that maybe don't fit uh, or accommodate their needs they're ready to to let go of that are you doing okay you fell right Yes, in Jesus' name, I ran into you in the emergency room. It was like all hell broke loose last weekend. And uh, it's good to know that all the promises are yes and amen. Uh, You know, uh, of course, my brother-in-law, Mike, he's rejoicing in heaven. And, uh, you know, I'm so relieved that he's there. You know, there's times when the scripture says there's a time to be born, a time to die. And when it's that time, 
uh, the angels come and he'll see Jesus. And my sister says he's up there talking to daddy and they're talking about us. <laughs> she said, I know they're talking about us, but, uh, you know, they're there. You know, that's, that's the place we get to go. Not the place we have to go. Death is certainly not the end for us. It's, it's another life that we get to live forever with Jesus. But, um, you know, that weekend, uh, was very difficult. And Monday we had Mike at home and about, um, one o'clock in the afternoon, my husband called me and he's not here. You'll notice this morning, but he called me. Some of you already know this. And he said, um, I have to go to the hospital just to have a couple tests. I knew, I knew that we'd had some struggles and, uh, but I wasn't thinking hospital. And, uh, so the doctor had said, you just go to the hospital. They can do the test better there. And, uh, by the evening time, uh, they discovered that he was going to have to have stints more stents, stents inside of stents. Didn't even know that was possible, but thank God it is. And so that morning that Mike passed at four, I was at Chris's at five at the hospital at seven. My husband went in for stents. He came out and then I went back over to my sister's house to help my sister. Isn't it good to know all the promises of God are yes and amen. And most important, the message I had just preached, I will always be with you. You know, when you're walking through storms, it's a good time to know the word, not be learning it. Could I just say that? And so today, when I'm sharing on, I will always be for you. There is nothing in your life that God is mad about you, uh, mad at you about, or is against you in any way. Uh, for you to accomplish the things that God's put in your life. And every one of us has a purpose and a destiny. And God promises. And in the, in the dictionary, it says a promise is a pledge or an oath, a statement telling someone that you will do something or that something will definitely happen in the future. You know, we used to say in marriage vows, till death do us part. You know, uh, that that isn't in the marriage vows all the time anymore. But God created covenant to last forever. These are forever promises. Everybody say forever promises. And, you know, I I think as, as people, that's a little hard for us to understand. You know, we were believing for Mike to be healed. Mike is healed. Mike is just healed in heaven and not here. We don't get to make that choice. But the good news is no matter what is happening, God is with us and God is for us. And so today, uh, Matthew one twenty three, of course, it was the prophecy about Jesus that his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. It's the word that the angel gave to Joseph. And he said, this will be his name, uh, Jesus, our salvation. But the prophet in Isaiah prophesied his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. And God has many names. They all have a meaning. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Rapha, you know, healer, provider, righteousness, all those things. But one thing we need to always remember is God is never against us. Everybody say against us. So many people today uh, have put God in that position that God is against mankind and therefore we need to leave him out so we can do what we want. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. We will never accomplish the destiny for our life without God. We will never be who God called us to be without him doing doing that in us. And in Hebrews 13, I want to begin there today. It's uh, where we kind of left off last week. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never 
leave you nor forsake you. Then he goes on to say, so we may boldly say, this is us. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Everybody said that was good as news. You know, because people oftentimes feel like who they're fighting against are other people. But the Bible says that our fight is against powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. God uses people and the devil uses people. He uses people to divert people from the plan of God. And once we have a full understanding of the environment we're working in or the environment we live in, then we can be able to live a full life, everything that God wants us to have. And I think that in the body of Christ, in Romans, uh, Paul, you know, of course, he wrote a good deal of the Bible. But in Romans 8, I believe he had a real revelation. We're going to talk about this particular part of scripture uh, next week too. But it's in verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? That's all these things, you know, that come against us as believers. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to the fact that he says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Well, you know, when you're facing the, all those things of death, uh, you know, falling, all these things that come suddenly, everybody say suddenly, then, then there's this opportunity to think, well, what can we say in all these things? What, what do we do? And this is what the word says. What can we say in these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? It says he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely, everybody say freely, give us all things. Isn't that a great promise? He'll give us all things. It says in second Peter, he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that means he's got us covered in whatever situation or circumstance. And then I want to read to you also in John 19, 1930, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. You know, that means whatever had to be done has been done to make it possible for us to be all God wants us to be and that he'll always be for us. So, you know, why would God sacrifice his son, give his son and have him die on a cross, a horrible death, if he was against us? The enemy is the one who is against us. The enemy is the one we fight. Now, do we win every battle? I haven't won every battle, but I win the war. Because Jesus said it is finished. And so I never divert from the truth of the word of God. Because if I have to face a battle, it may not end the way I want. But God said, I win. Everybody say, I win. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Now, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. And that's right after it says, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Uh, I don't know why my husband has to have 10 stints. Uh, even the doctors are trying to figure out why he would have to have. There's no history of coronary disease. There's all these things. But there is an enemy. Everybody say, there is an enemy. We live in a fallen world. Disease and sickness are out there. And we don't always understand. However, we always declare, God is with me. God is for me. I had a grandmother who, when we were growing up, and some of you heard this, my sister and I, we were pretty ornery. And uh, she didn't like the way we treated our mom sometimes. She would say, you girls, God is going to get you. 
well, I woke up all my life thinking God's going to get me for this because <laughs> I knew what I had done. How many of you have known what you're going to? And that, proje- that projects to a person that they need to get away from God, not run to God. But we have to remember, if God be for us, who can be against us? Not even the enemy, because it says here he did not spare his own son so he could make a way for us to even be prosperous in the middle of our own mistakes. And I don't know about you, but I make plenty. Psalm 139, this is what it says. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to read all of this one because it's really important. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. You might want to put that on your fridge because not a lot of people may be saying that about you. You may have to say that one about yourself because not a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, in your workplace, and, and I'm not s- saying this is everywhere, but a lot of people have p- people they're employed by that are really only interested in what they're going to do for them, not what they're going to do for the people. So you have to remember God is always for you. It, it isn't about them. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, this is a, the important one. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, God has a book. They all were written, the days fashioned for me. As yet, there were none of them. Even before you lived a day, God had a purpose and a plan. And, uh, you know, the Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know that, especially in this service, because all of you are pretty seasoned in the word of God. But I want to tell you, in the second service, the last few weeks, we have had a multitude of people in here, and they are hungry to be healed. They are hungry to know they're okay. I believe this next year God has spoken to me, keep it really simple because I'm sending the harvest. Keep it really simple because love speaks. Love speaks. And God is a good God. He does care about people. And so we have to, we have to live that for people to see, see that in our lives. And, uh, you know, I was thinking this week when all those things were happening, I thought, Lord, how, how is it that I'm not falling apart? Because <laughs> I wasn't. I, I was very calm. Even with my husband laying there and, you know, he, he's having challenges and they're saying, where's your pain level? And, and, of course, Pastor Bill always says to me, now, honey, if I leave, you're going to be fine. Carry on. I just, I've always, I've learned to just say, okay, honey, I'm going forward. Don't worry about me because <laughs> he's worried about me and that I don't want his heart to go worse, you know, harder or whatever. But, you know, I know that I'm called, not just my husband, because I said to God, how's come I can do this? How's come I can go be with my sister? I can watch this. I can pray. I can stand here. I can comfort all these people in the midst of all this. He said, well, it's because of your calling. It's not your ability. It's mine. It's my grace. It goes with the call. I thought, well, hallelujah. I thought maybe I was getting hard-hearted or something because (laughs) I'm not hysterical. And I can get hysterical, right, Matt? (laughs) My son Matt's here this weekend, of course, for, for Buck. But Matt and Lori, they lived with me, and they've seen hysterical. In fact, they used to tease me to try to get me hysterical. But, you know, uh (laughs) <laughs> they'd say, I'd be, I remember one time I was in the back room, I was ironing and you and John and Bill were standing by the table and they started teasing me and I was trying to iron, be nice. And all of a sudden I just, ah! and they go, there she goes. <laughs> 
whoa, you know, that's part of living in a family. Hallelujah. They're there to encourage you and build you up. Uh, You know, God has a plan for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's a future that is good. Everybody say good. And we're all going to have to live the future. We get to live today first. But we're all going to live a future. And we make those decisions today. Um, I want us to look at Luke. Because uh, Mary's story uh, is probably uh, one of a forever promise. You know, God made a promise in Genesis chapter 3 that I'm going to fix this mess that Adam and Eve have made. And I'm going to send, well, he didn't say his son, but he was talking about Jesus. And he was talking about the fact that with Christ, then we would be able to do what we needed to do in the earth because God would be with us. He would actually inhabit our lives. And so Mary, when she heard this, it says in verse uh, 28, and having come in, the angel said to Mary, rejoice, highly favored one. I believe God says that about all of you today. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The key there is the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. So you are blessed among all women. Do not and when uh, see, and then he says, "Do not be afraid, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will be no end." Then Mary said to the angel, "Now you gotta, you know, when you really think about this, this would be like my granddaughter Annabelle." You know, she's still a teenager and some angel shows up at her, you know, in her circumstance and begins to tell her all this stuff. You know, that would be kind of a astounding thing to have happen to you. And so she says, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. You know, I was talking to Sharon Doherty this week, and she said, you know, Pam, I just saw uh, a revelation over the word overshadow. It means take dominion. Take dominion. So the Holy Spirit would take dominion over Mary's life, and therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. In other words, it was going to be something that happened to her that she had nothing to do with. He would overshadow her. And then it says, he talks about Elizabeth, says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. This is a key to you inheriting your forever promise. She was told what God was going to do. First, you have to know what God wants to do with you. And if you say today, I don't know, well, then hook up with somebody else who's doing what God's told them to do. And in the process, God will begin to speak to you, too, about what you're called to do. My husband and I did that. But this is what Mary said. Behold, the maidservant. Everybody say servant. The first place in being in that forever promise that God has for you is to have a servant heart. It's not about what I want. It's, it's about what you want. And she said, let it be to me according to your word. In other words, I yield myself to be who you want me to be. And the angel departed. Well, my favorite scripture is 45, where uh, when she goes to visit Elizabeth, and it, Elizabeth uh, speaks to her, and she says, blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Isn't that a good scripture? 
I want us all to say it together. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So because of her believing it was going to be fulfilled, but I believe the next part is where it really came to pass and was released. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. What she was saying was, it's your greatness. She magnified his greatness above who she was. And I believe the miracle of God was secured in her life. She walked with Jesus all the way to the cross. Every step she was always with him and she went all the way to the cross and to watch your son be crucified on the cross. I can't even imagine, you know, what that, what that would be. But because she believed, because she said, I'm a servant. And then she believed what the word was of the Lord. And then she magnified the Lord for his greatness. Everything went according to what God had planned. You know, um, I was at this word potential. Everybody say potential. You know, everybody has potential. Uh, years ago at First Assembly, when I was out there, uh, when my kids were little, there was this song, I am a promise, I am a possibility, uh, I am a promise with the capital P, I am a great big bundle of potentiality, and if I listen, I will hear God's voice, and then I will know to make the right choice or something like that. I am a promise to be everything God called me to be. And I think of that word, word potential. And this is what it says, existing in possibility, but not in actuality. Re existing in possibility, but not in actuality. Powerful, but not in use. You know, everybody God created, he knew them from their mother's womb. They were created with potential. A potential with everything they have, they're equipped with God to do exactly what God saw in those days he had fashioned. But Joyce Meyer, in my, it happened to be in my daily reading, it said, um, I'm convinced that most people have potential for greatness, but just having potential is not enough unless you're willing to take a risk and step out and let God go to work in your life. I believe that. I believe that. I've had to take steps in my life for me to do what God called me to do. I would have never dreamed I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Uh, but I know that because I did that, Joyce Meyer, I heard her say once, if you do it in fear, if you have to do it in fear, but do it, do what God says. When you do what God says, some of you are sitting here today and, and you've got the potential, but you've never used the potential that God put in you for where you're supposed to do and be. Uh, you may be doing things even you're supposed to do, but that potential that brings people to a saving knowledge of Christ has never been released in your life. And this is the second thing she said. Many people are wasting their potential because they are not developing what God has placed in them. Instead of developing what they have, they worry about what they don't have and their potential is wasted. The other thing God told me, a lot of people have potential, but they're looking at what somebody else has. And because they can't be that, they never be what they're supposed to be. That's what it says in Hebrews 3, 5 that we read when it said, do not be covetous. Don't be wanting what somebody else has. Want what God has for you.
Because whatever that is, it's going to be a great destiny that will be fulfilled just like for Mary. And the fulfillment will come in your life. Um, I was thinking this week about it because Roberta Dye, how many of you know who Roberta Dye is? She's here. She, she's been here over the years a lot. And, and her life has been very tough. And so second service, we're going to honor her, but um, she doesn't know it. But she came to me on Wednesday night, and she, um, she said, could you come to my graduation on Friday? I, I couldn't. I told her, I don't think I can, Roberta. But she went to Excel Center, and she graduated. Now, she is, I don't know how old Roberta is, but, you know, I don't know that she'll ever use a lot of what she, but she accomplished that goal that God had for her in her life. She had potential. And one day she got up and she told us last year, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to excel. And I think that's a great word, Excel Center. And she graduated. You know, that's when somebody decides, I'm going to put to use what God put in me to accomplish what God has for me. And she's a, she prays for her children. That, that could be her whole potential uh, for her life is to stand the gap for her children where they're at because it's the next generation that's going to do those things that need to be done. And every prayer request she ever writes, she lists all these names of her family. So I know she's praying. Do you know that accomplishment will give her courage to continue to do what God's called her to do. When we accomplish one thing, we get courage for the next. Amen. So, um, you know, that my soul magnifies the Lord. There's a purpose in, in what God has for us. When we declare his greatness, we begin to see what he has above what we can do. Um, I want to close with this because I last last time we we talked about uh, God will be with you I, that day when I prayed before the service, I felt like God said, I want to minister to people who feel deserted. And uh, in the second service. We had people from one end of this altar to the other, uh, people just broken because especially young women that are alone. And, of course, my heart, because I was one of those once, really goes out to those young women. But, um, you know, this, this message, when I was praying about this, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, destruction can stop the plan of God. Now, I, I shared this on Wednesday night. And I'm going to be real brief, and then we're going to pray. But um, death is not destruction for the believer. You know, we don't have to mourn like the world mourns. Uh, I don't want my husband to go to heaven. But if that would have happened on Monday, I thought, now he certainly isn't going to try to get out of here with Buck. (laughs) I thought, now I will say something at the funeral if he does that. (laughs) You know? But, 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 you know, in my life, before I, before I married Bill, I was a wreck because all of my confidence was in man. And, and the devil could take me down a path anytime he, he wanted to. But before I married Bill, my confidence and my courage became in Jesus. Now, once you get there, God is with me and he is for me. No matter how bad I screw this thing up, he is with me and he is for me. And the destiny for my life has not changed. But I'm telling you, there was destruction all over the place. And 
I didn't, I couldn't see what God saw. I couldn't, I couldn't hear what God was saying. And, and so today, I felt like God told me to pray for people who things happened to destroy try to destroy but in your heart or mind they destroyed the purpose of of getting there to the point people just say well you know i couldn't do that what if roberta however old she is said why would i go to excel center at this age you know i mean what why would i do that because god wanted to do it in her life i don't know what her next step is and i believe today when we give her her graduation present she's going to be shocked because to her you know she may wonder what's next but i tell you god knows what's next and all that destruction that's happened in her life that doesn't count for anything compared to the glory of god that will be manifest in her life when she does what god wants her to do and and so the lord reminded me he said read john 10 10 the thief comes to kill, steal, and to do what? Destroy. Destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And you might have life abundant. Amen? Let's stand. Father, I thank you today for every person that's here. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the potential is. You know, I want to tell you this. Any, any of you in here that are telling God you're too old, you might as well throw that one in the toilet because that isn't going to be an excuse. And, uh, you know, or my kids aren't doing this or my husband didn't do that or, you know, my boss says this or, you know, I got this job or I got to pay these bills before. Th- those are just worthless those are worthless arguments of the enemy that have no power to stop you from being what you're called to be. We have something to do. Whether you're, whether you're a teenager or whether you're my mother's age. You know, my mom, you know, I told her the other day, you've got to get down there and start playing that piano again. You're going downhill. Uh, <laughs> well, now you say, why would you say that? Because when she plays that piano for those people... That's who she is. I mean, that gift rises right up. And those people sing, you know, the problem is now she's getting so old, the people in there are younger. (laughs) And the old songs that she knew, those people don't know. (laughs) That's the only problem we got. But when you give everything in your life for that potential, my mother still has potential to touch people. 92 years old. You know, even though they call her maybe a little more than potential some days in that place when she's down there telling them everything that needs to be taken care of that's not being taken care of. But, you know, she's still got some potential to know and to do. Uh, We brought her in here. Uh, My husband, I said, bring mother in and let her lick, put not lick stamp, but stick the stamps on the envelopes, put the stickers for your Christmas card and the return address. Every one of you who got a Christmas card, my mom. My mom, she was so excited. She got all dressed up, came to work every day, one to three, all Monday through Thursday. Everybody say potential. Potential. See, we cannot let go of what is ahead. Aaron Campbell, you have so much potential. And I love you so much. He's one of my kids. Still on loan to Walmart, I don't know. (laughs) But it's. You're going to do it, and you're going to do it, and we're all going to do it because there's hundreds of thousands of people who are going to wake up to what Jesus is doing, and they're going to say, I believe, I believe I have potential. 
And it's not going to be because people told him. The Holy Ghost is going to get him because we pray. He's going to go in there, and he's going to uproot things. And Steve, you get to start all over all the time. How's that? (laughs) Good news every day. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word. We thank you that it's truth. I pray over this body. I thank you for every person that calls Victory Christian Center their home. I'm thankful for them. I thank you for the ones that are coming from the north, south, east, and west into this church that are going to come to Jesus. And they're going to.